We read from the Holy Scriptures this evening, from two Psalms. First of all, Psalm 91. And secondly, we read the beloved 23rd Psalm. Our text this evening is found in Psalm 23, the fourth verse. Psalm 91 has much the same theme as our text, the concept of the safety and security of God's people in him. We read first from Psalm 91. We hear the word of God. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid, for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet, because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation." We turn to Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thus far, we read from God's infallibly inspired word. As I said, our text this evening is found here in Psalm 23, the fourth verse. Verse 4, Yea, 
Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Beloved congregation in our Lord Jesus Christ, sheep need protection. At the outset, we do well to be reminded of the fact that our great God, creator of the heavens and the earth, created the sheep to be a picture of us as his people. We are so much like sheep that it is almost embarrassing. For as you know, sheep are very dependent creatures, quite stubborn, often foolish, wayward. Our focus this evening is on the fact that the sheep is a very defenseless animal. Sheep need protection. Our text this evening brings back memories from my youth growing up with sheep on my father's farm in south-central Iowa, the Pella area. Sheep needed protection. Sometimes they would foolishly endanger themselves. A sheep might get stuck in the mud by the shore of a pond. A sheep might get its head stuck through the wire netting of the fence, seeking to get the supposedly greener grass on the other side. Predators were a danger. Stray dogs running together or coyotes were a threat to the safety of the sheep. Just a few years ago, our son who lives in western Canada in the Edmonton area emailed pictures of a good-sized black bear that had been treed by sheepdogs very close to the flock on the farm where his wife grew up. Sheep need protection. That's especially true of us as the sheep of God's pasture, those who by grace belong to the Good Shepherd. Nearly 3,000 years ago, David, the young son of Jesse, cared for his father's flock in the hills surrounding Bethlehem. David himself encountered some very frightening experiences in defense of his father's flock. When he stood before King Saul prior to his encounter with the Philistine giant Goliath, David described his experiences. We read of that in 1 Samuel chapter 17 from verse 34. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, 
and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. History records many incidents of shepherds encountering wild animals, sometimes thieves, having to surrender their lives in defense of the flock. The one difference between these stories and the promises given by the great shepherd is that our Lord cannot ever, ever be overwhelmed by any enemy. That's why David, in this beloved, soul-strengthening verse, was able to find comfort, even though he knew well that there were many dangers ahead. From that point of view, we see a change in this familiar psalm here at verse 4. Notice that up to this point, it seems the sheep has been speaking to others of the excellent care it received from its shepherd. The psalmist confesses that Jehovah is his shepherd and that he does not want. He has no lack. The shepherd makes him lie down in green pastures and leads him beside the still waters. All his wants and needs are completely fulfilled. His shepherd leads and guides him in the way of everlasting righteousness. And in that way, his soul is restored from all its unrest and misery. Up to this point, everything seems bliss. There's peace, joy, contentment. But now, in verse 4, the psalmist begins, Yea, though, or literally, even though. Yes, David has pointed out that the Lord's protection and guidance are easily assumed when we are by the still waters, the waters of rest, literally. But now he's emphasizing the fact that we may rejoice in Jehovah's leadership and protection even though our journey takes us through the darkest and the most threatening experiences of life. Note, too, that we see this transition here in the psalm from the fact that now the sheep speaks intimately directly to his shepherd. The personal pronouns, I and thou, enter the conversation. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Even through the valley of the shadow of death, our shepherd guides and protects us. We find comfort in Jehovah, the God of our salvation. And it's in this light that we consider our text under the theme, protected by our shepherd. And we notice, first of all, our need of protection, and secondly, our comfort in Jehovah. Both in the land of Palestine, as well as on the larger western sheep ranches here in the United States, as well as in western Canada, most of the efficient sheepmen endeavor to take their flocks onto distant, rich mountain pastures during the summer months 
that often involves quite a lengthy journey, a very difficult and even dangerous journey in some respects. The hill country of Judah was broken up by narrow and precipitous valleys or ravines through which one must go in order to get up to the good pastures. Valleys abound with caves and dens which provide perfect hiding places for both wild beasts and robbers. There are dangers of rampaging rivers, flash floods, avalanche, terrible storms. This all makes plain what the psalmist means when he speaks of walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Understand that the psalmist is not speaking only about the day of our death. Our text is often pretty much limited to that. And certainly this is a very comforting word of God for us at the time of the loss of a loved one. But understand it's not so that in the previous verses we see that the wants and the needs of this present life are taken care of and that now our text concerns only our death, that even then our shepherd will take care of us. Oh, that's true, of course, but our text means much more than that. Not only is he with me when I will make that final journey when I'm on my deathbed, but he is with me throughout all my life here on earth. And this ladder is even on the foreground here. The point is, all of our life, we are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Think about it. All of Scripture teaches that we lie in the midst of death, that we die every day, that we carry about with us the body of this death. David is not merely referring to our physical death, but to all the dark and bitter experiences of our lives. Notice, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The text does not say that we stop there or that we die there, but rather, I walk through. And our walk is our life, our whole pilgrim's journey in the midst of this world. We walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The shadow of death. The prophet Jeremiah used this language in his prophecy in chapter 2, verse 6, where we read, Neither said they, Where is the Lord that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, that led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and of pits, through a land of drought, and, notice, of the shadow of death through a land that no man passed through and where no man dwelt. The psalmist also speaks this way in Psalm 44, verse 19, where we read, Though thou hast sore broken us in the place of dragons and covered us 
with the shadow of death. We have this language used as well in the book of Job, in chapter 10. And so the sense of this expression is plainly a blend of imminent danger and possible death. Now there are those who would make light of this. After all, our text speaks only of the shadow of death. And it's been said that only fools and young children are afraid of shadows. After all, the the shadow of a sword can't cut. The shadow of a dog won't bite. But of course, one who has actually walked through the valleys would not utter such foolishness. For where there is a shadow, there is also a corresponding reality. And if I should see the shadow of a large dog with its bared teeth coming toward me, I would not remain still and at ease simply because I couldn't yet see the dog itself. Common sense would tell me that the shadow was being produced by something, and my suspicion would be that it was an actual dog about to attack. From this point of view, beloved, it's very dangerous to make light of the adversities and the dangers that we encounter in our life's pathway. That's true spiritually, of course. Satan, that roaring lion who walks about seeking whom he might devour, is a deadly enemy. And the whole world of sin and unbelief sets itself against us on every side. We see that with increasing clarity in the day in which we live. And we all know that we have daily to strive against our own sinful flesh, that nature which would carry us as close to the danger as possible. Spiritually, the dangers are very real. And no one would argue the fact that the adversities of this life are very real. The afflictions, and the sufferings, and the sorrows of this present time, all the trials and tribulations. Why? We can't help but ask, why do we have to walk this way, this frightening way, through the valley of the shadow of death. Oh, there are some who would preach a supposed gospel of health and wealth and success, a prosperity gospel. The Christian life is a bed of roses if only your faith is strong enough. Be not deceived. The questions remain, why? Why do we have to bear such burdens? Why face a difficult way of affliction, infirmities of age, 
the trials and tribulations, death itself, the spiritual struggles, of course, our puny, feeble minds cannot fully comprehend the reasons why, while we are yet on this side of the grave, but we are assured in God's word that it is for our good, it is to prepare us for our place in glory, it is to strengthen our faith in God and draw us nearer and closer to him. It is to make us realize all the more our dependence upon him. But ultimately, it, it all comes down to the fact that our all-wise, all-knowing God, our shepherd, knows that this is the best way for our sakes and ultimately unto his glory. That's true with respect to sheep as well. The shepherd knows that the best route to the lush mountain grass is through the valleys. The valleys have the gentlest grades. The valleys are also where There will be springs and streams and pools of water to drink. Also, the richest grass, the best forage, are to be found along that route. So through the ravines, the canyons, the valleys, the shepherd slowly but surely takes his flock. As we've pointed out, there are dangers there. He is aware of them. The predators, coyotes, bears, wolves, cougars, can take refuge in the surrounding rocky cliffs. The valleys and canyons can be subject to sudden storms and flash floods, but in spite of such hazards, the shepherd also knows that this is still the best way to take his flock. In this connection, I would remind you of another characteristic of sheep. In addition to being a rather weak and helpless animal, sheep also give up rather easily. They have very little courage or persistence. And when they experience hardship or affliction or danger, sometimes they simply give up and even die. And beloved, that's our nature too. How easily we can become upset, shaken up, frightened, panicked by the adversities and dangers of life when the dark shadows sweep over us and the path upon which we tread looks gloomy. We can be inclined to go into a deep slump of despair. We can almost be overwhelmed by a spiritual pessimism. Sometimes we just feel like giving up. Let us understand that the psalmist David did not speak of the valley of the shadow of death to strike fear into our hearts or to discourage us, but 
rather to remind us that our safety and security are found in our shepherd. Our shepherd never promises immunity from affliction and adversity, from sorrow, but he promises the grace to endure and overcome unto his people. Think of the testimony of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, from which I noticed your family visitation theme comes, where the Apostle speaks of that thorn in the flesh, that messenger of of Satan, which troubled him greatly. He prayed repeatedly that the Lord would remove it. What was the answer to his prayer? Verse 9, He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. The power of Christ may rest upon me, Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. We all travel through the valley of the shadow of death. The good shepherd himself assured us that in the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And so the basic question is not whether the valley is dark or merely dim with the the shadow of death, but the question is how do we proceed through it? How do we cope with the hardships even the calamities that shall come our way. And the grand testimony of David in the light of all the potential danger was, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Notice carefully, he did not say, I will encounter no evil. Such a statement would have been quite contrary to his own experience as well as to the teaching of Scripture. Note that David did not derive comfort from the weakness of the enemy. He didn't minimize the dangers. And he did not derive comfort from his own inherent strength. Bring it on. I can handle it. But he was comforted by the fact that His shepherd was with him. And centrally, he is with us in his only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. One of his most beautiful names is Emmanuel, God with us. The good shepherd has told us, Lo, I am with you always, 
And when we fully understand the importance of the doctrines of God's omnipresence, he's everywhere present. And his omnipotence, that he is indeed the Almighty, as well as his faithfulness, there's always a sense of confidence and comfort. These lofty truths are not included in the Psalms and all of Scripture merely to round out theological viewpoints. They are there and and throughout Scripture to strengthen the faith of God's people, to remove our fears, to bring comfort and peace. Think for a moment what it means to say with respect to our shepherd, for thou art with me. One commentator gives a good illustration of the significance of this. He had been excavating ancient tombs at biblical Heshbon, had the opportunity to observe a a large, dark cave at the bottom of a certain ravine, and he had entered the cave with a light and a large stick and had probed its corners for snakes or scorpions, any possible dangers, and he determined that the cave was perfectly safe. When a young boy from a nearby village came to watch his work, the man invited him to come with him into the cave, but the young lad refused to enter. Noticing the darkness before him and the uncertainty of the situation, the man encouraged him and reminded him that he had already been in the cave and that there was no danger present, but nothing would change his mind. But pretty soon, the boy's father came by, and looking at the cave, he said to his son, let's go inside and examine the work. And to the man's utter amazement, the boy took his father's hand and walked right into the cave without blinking an eye. Later, he asked the boy why he had changed his mind, and he simply said, My father's here. I'm not afraid to enter the cave. Beloved, that's precisely the sentiment of our text. We need not fear, because our father's here. Our shepherd, Jehovah, is with us. And the presence of the Lord has provided encouragement for the saints throughout the ages. When Jacob was at Bethel, where he had slept upon a stone, received the vision, the Lord promised, I am with thee and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest and will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. As Joshua stood on the east banks of the Jordan River, ready to lead that great throng, the Israelites, into the land of promise, Canaan, the Lord strengthened him with these words, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. 
I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And so the Lord Jesus, when he commissioned his disciples, he encouraged them with the words, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And that makes all the difference. Even as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we need fear no evil. The presence of our shepherd is a source of strength and courage unto us. Isn't it true? Just look back over your own life and experience and, and see how the shepherd's hand has upheld you and sustained you even in the darkest hours. Reflect on Father's faithfulness in every crisis, in every frightening circumstance of life. Has not his grace always been sufficient? Oh, it's it's not easy. Sometimes it is a very difficult lesson to learn. Christ's own disciples had to learn that lesson too. Think of their great fear when they were crossing the Sea of Galilee in that terrible storm with Jesus sleeping in the bottom of the boat. Jesus calmed the storm and he rebuked his disciples. Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? The disciples had to learn that with Jesus with them, they had no reason to fear any of the storms of life that they would encounter We must learn that too, also as congregation and as churches. As we pass through storms, Jesus, our good shepherd, is with us. So with us, as it is with sheep who may be attacked by predators or threatened by storms, frightened by the circumstances of life, by the darkness of the valley, we need not fear. Our shepherd is with us. And so the writer to the Hebrews exhorts us in chapter 13 of his epistle, in verses 5 and 6, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Our shepherd is with us. And as further explanation, and to further bolster our confidence, and David adds the statement, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. What's the idea here? What were the rod and the staff to which David referred? From the use of these words and our knowledge of Oriental shepherding, we can conclude that these refer to two distinct implements. 
These are the common and universal equipment tools of the ancient shepherd. A shepherd boy from the time that he first started tending his father's flock would take special pride in the selection of a rod and a staff exactly suited to his own size and strength. The rod in this context was a rather short stick or club, which was the main weapon of defense for the shepherd and his sheep. A shepherd who had become skilled in the use of the rod could swing it or even throw it with great accuracy. Nowadays, of course, the modern shepherd, sheepman, has a rifle likely to protect his flock from predators as well as other means. I can recall my dad sometimes going out in the middle of the night, usually taking his shotgun to check for coyotes or packs of stray dogs that would be running together that would attack the sheep. Sometimes these predators would take a rather heavy toll. The point is that the shepherd has a means of protection With his rod, he keeps the flock safe. In addition, the rod was used in the shepherd's hand to examine or count the sheep. The Old Testament refers to this in the prophecy of Ezekiel in chapter 20, verse 37, for example, as passing under the rod. This meant not only coming under the shepherd's control and authority, but also to be subject to his most careful and intimate and firsthand examination. The staff, more than any other item of the shepherd's personal equipment, identified him as a shepherd. No one in any other profession, in other, any other area of animal husbandry, carries a shepherd's staff. It's uniquely an instrument used for the care and management of sheep, and only sheep. It will not do for working with cattle or horses or hogs. It's designed, it's shaped, it's adapted especially to the needs of sheep. The staff is essentially a symbol of the concern and the compassion that a shepherd has for his sheep. Whereas the rod conveys the concept of authority, of power, of discipline, of defense against danger, the staff speaks of all that is long-suffering and kind. As you likely know, the shepherd's staff is a rather long slender stick with a hook or crook on one end. Staff, too, was selected with care by its owner, shaped and smoothed and cut to best suit his own personal use. In addition to often leaning upon his staff for support and strength, the shepherd also used his staff in the care of the flock. Skilled shepherds of old could use their staff to gently lift 
a newborn lamb that had become separated from its mother. It could set the lamb next to its mother using the staff. It would do that because a newborn with the odor of human hands upon it would sometimes be rejected by its mother. In the same way, the shepherd can use the staff to reach out and catch an individual sheep, young or old, and draw it close to examine it. The staff was also used for guiding the sheep. With his staff, the shepherd could sometimes gently prod the sheep into a new path or through some gate or along a difficult route. With his staff, the shepherd could sometimes reach a sheet that had fallen into a hole or off the edge of a small cliff. And so we see that the rod and the staff are the symbols of a well-prepared shepherd. They provide him with clear identity in the light of Jehovah's sovereign power, the mere presence of the rod and the staff It's enough to bring comfort to the psalmist. They symbolized the greatness of his shepherd. They confirmed his identity. They represented to him the protection and the security he so desperately needed. Even as he walked through the valley of the shadow of death, he had comfort, the comfort belonging to his faithful Savior. Do you know that comfort? Do you have it? That blessed assurance that your Savior is with you? That calm, quiet confidence in the knowledge that he is there? Day by day, day in, day out, every moment to direct even the most Seemingly insignificant circumstances of our daily lives. He is there to protect us, to sustain us, to preserve us as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Yea, he is there to cause all things to work together unto our good as his sheep. That's comfort. Comfort that is ours with Jehovah as our shepherd. And then our way through the midst of this world is not so bad. Even as we look ahead, even as we see a world filled with turmoil, corruption, war and rumor of war, even as it often appears It's a dark, frightening cave. Our great God will shepherd us through the valley, even unto death. From the moment of our birth to the moment of our death, our shepherd will be with us. He never leaves us nor forsakes us, not for a split second. He cares for us to 
to the very end. And because this is true, no one and nothing can be against us. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. All things are for us. Even death is for us. Oh, certainly death is horrible from every human point of view. Death is often preceded by great suffering. And we know in the light of Scripture that death is the expression of the wrath of God against sin. Death is part of the curse. It's no wonder that the apostle refers to death as the last enemy. But we know too that all that has been changed for his sheep. Death has been swallowed up in the victory of the cross and the resurrection of the good shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. No longer is death the end. Death is the beginning of perfect joy, fellowship with our eternal God in glory. God will be our help. He will guide us, yea, through the valley of the shadow of death and through death take us to the glory of his presence. Then we see that even though we walk, we continue in the week which lies before us through the valley of the shadow of death. What the psalmist says is true. As we sing of it and as we shall sing of it, from Psalm 77. Thy way was in the sea, O God, through mighty waters deep and broad. None understood but God alone. To man thy footsteps were unknown, but safe thy people thou didst keep, almighty shepherd of thy sheep. Amen. Most merciful and gracious Heavenly Father, Thou, the great shepherd of Thy sheep, we come unto Thee. We thank Thee for Thy word of comfort. The work of Thy Spirit, apply it unto our hearts and lives, young and old alike, as we continue our way in the week which lies before us, yea, in all our earthly days, through the valley of the shadow of death. May we rest in peace, knowing thou art with us. Forgive us the weakness of our faith and all our sins. Wash them away with the shed blood of thy dear Son, in whose name we pray. Amen.